0: but you know it <laughs> Hey everybody Billy here from Beauty and the Breakdown Podcast just to make a short announcement that I've set up a Patreon page so that now if you feel like you want to give something towards this podcast to keep it up and going that would be a major blessing from you to me and I appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast I hope that it helps you know and to grow and to flow in the things that God has for you or anyone that you may encounter that you can talk to about God. If you'd like to go to the Patreon page to donate to Beauty in the Breakdown, you can go to patreon.podbean.com forward slash Beauty in the Breakdown 803. Or if you would like to go to the direct site, which contains all the players and all the links to where the show is streaming, you can go to Beauty the Breakdown 803.podbean.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace be with you. Promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous, and His yoke is easy, and His burden. well hey hey everybody hope everybody's doing all right on this monday or whichever day that you choose to tune in welcome to another episode of beauty in the breakdown a podcast that is meant to lift you up to give you encouragement and to maybe introduce you to god in ways that you've never heard before I'm not saying I'm Mr. Original about it. I am just a guy that's going through life day by day, experiencing God and his good grace and his mercies at every turn. And I want to document it so that you can be a part of my life and hear what's going on. And maybe it'll give you a boost in the right direction if you need it. In the past episodes, I had briefly brought up that I wanted to discuss... Uh, The story in the book of John About the woman at the well I'm going to read it to you And then I'm going to expand on some things That I think apply to me very deeply So if you want to Turn to your Bible Open it up and read along I use the NIV Uh, Some people prefer uh, The New Living Translation That's typically what I bounce back and forth uh, To and fro um, between those two translations because I like the way that they're worded. And, and then just before we get started here, another Bible that I really, really like to read because the words are just almost like extremely just blown out of proportion is the Amplified Bible. I think that it is just heavy in its descriptions and just beautifully worded. But anyway, uh, let's dive into uh, John chapter 4, The Woman at the Well. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and he went back once more to Galilee. Now he had gone through Samaria and he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there and Jesus' tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food, by the way. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. That's racist. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of god and who it was that asked you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water sir the woman said you have nothing to draw with and this well is deep where can you get this living water are you greater than our father jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks this water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me some of this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied jesus said to her you are right when you say you have no husband the fact is you have five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband what you have just said is quite true sir the woman said i can see that you are a prophet our ancestors worshiped on this mountain but you jews claim that the place where we must worship is in jerusalem woman jesus replied believe me a time is coming The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman, but no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? I bring it up from time to time, uh, The Chosen. If you haven't started watching The Chosen yet, you should watch The Chosen because it takes these moments and it expands on them and so you're, you're visually impacted and audibly impacted and just the whole experience puts the, a broad perspective into your mind and puts it at peace and you, you will not be able to unthink it. Uh, the way that this woman behaves after this encounter is just amazing. It is, it is like when you, when you believe and you, you, you find God, you tell everybody. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm telling everybody. I try to tell everybody as much as I can. And, um, it's, it's sad that the world sees God in such a negative way and, uh, I feel it's my duty and obligation to not let everyone see him that way because he is grace, he is mercy, he is love, and he is is the man. He's the first and the last, and he's beautiful. The woman at the well story, for me, impacts me greatly because of the two types of water um, that stands out the most to me because I am an alcoholic and I quit drinking and then found God in the middle of a nervous breakdown. And I think that it's so fitting to my story because the thirst for alcohol is a strenuous and evil attachment. It is a stronghold and a rut in the mind, just as much as, um, sexual addiction, uh, heroin addictions. Um, There's all kind of things that lead us the wrong way that we are searching for and wanting to be filled with. And this type of water that Jesus speaks of, that he is the living water, and you will never thirst again, is 110% accurate because I'm being filled with a spiritual side of things that is only gaining, and I'm... You know, it, it's like if you if you don't keep up with it, like I've, I've talked about in the past, yes, you know, you, you become stagnant and you become stale and you, you got to stay with it, you know, just like anything else, you know. It's like those dudes in the circus that get in the cage on the bikes. You know, they just don't get in there and do that. They got to get in there and, and do it for a while. And seriously, they, they, they probably have some horrible... Accidents, learning how to do things, because you got to practice and you got to get better at it, and you got to, you got to think, and you got to plan, and you've got to make things happen. There are certain times where God does come in, and because the love is so strong that things are taken from you, addictions can be removed, um, things can be healed. He's got the power to do anything that he wants, but he's got also the power. To get you through what you're going through, slowly, things take time. But yes, there are certain circumstances where things are immediately removed. So I guess it just depends on you and your maker as to what happens. But I wanted to take the woman at the well story and uh, call this episode Thoughts. The last episode was called Aroma. And what kind of an aroma were you throwing out there? How were you living? How are you presenting yourself to folks? What are you saying to people? What's flying out your mouth out of the overflow of the heart? The mouth speaks. That's what Jesus said, you know, in uh, the book of Matthew. Matthew 12, 33 through 35, actually. It says... Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in him. People have asked me, um, how did you quit drinking? And um, I tell them the story of how I quit. But, you know, in all actuality, it started off with a thought. And you have to act on the thought. And I believe that it was a good thought. And it lingered for over a decade. Something inside of me told me that I needed to quit. That I would no longer be available to live a a large amount of days if I kept up those habits. It all begins with a thought. And then when I, things stand out to me whenever I read in the Word. And New Testament, Old Testament, the, the pondering of the feelings and the actions at night. And what it says about things that happened at the, in the night and how evil happens at night and, you know, uh, sexual immorality and carousing, drunkenness and all kinds of stuff. But Romans 13, 12 through 14 says the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. That one stood out to me pretty hardcore because I, I know that I would come home on a, on a long, hard day. That would be always be my excuse to pour me a glass of beer. Or go somewhere to get a beer, but I, or even on a short day, I would have to drink a beer. I felt it's okay to just have maybe one beer or three beers, you know. Um, that was my thought process, and it begins with a thought, right? Like I'm saying, and I would. Think about that. And I would march my fat ass over to the refrigerator and I'd pour my glass of beer. And then after that glass of beer, I would walk back over to the refrigerator and pour my fat ass another glass of beer. And then I would drink that beer and then feel relaxed and things would be nice around the house or whatever. And then I would walk my fat ass over to the refrigerator and I'd grab another beer and I'd drink that glass of beer. And then after that, you know, dumbass arguments would start to happen or, you know, just irritability would kick in. And then, you know, after that, I would walk my fat ass over to the refrigerator and get myself another glass of beer. And then so on and so on and so on. And I say fat ass and I say dumbass because that's what I was. A fat, dumbass ass. Ass. I hate what I did to myself. I hate it so much. I hate every single day that I brought up any stupid arguments out of jealousy, um, dissension. uh, I hate debauchery. I hate the, you know, stupid-ass promiscuous lifestyle and idiocy that I had attached to me because of alcohol. And it all began with a thought. All of it. Now, for those of you that struggle with it, and there are some folks that I talk to, and it's a continuous thing, and it took me over a decade to try to quit, and it's not easy. Um, but the moment that I quit, I quit. I mean, I quit. I've cut back before. I've, um... You know, we've gone through this. Listen to the other episodes where I, you know, basically sat there and I'm like, I'm just going to cut back all week and I'm not going to drink until the weekend. Oh, I feel so much better about myself now. But it doesn't help, man. It's just another cover up. It's kind of like... the company that I used to work for, Rebath Put a new tub over your old one It doesn't work It's the, sh- it's the dumbest ass idea ever They even qu- quit doing the tub liners Because it would, eventually it's like standing on a waterbed The liquid seeps down in between the layers And it defeats the purpose of even having it And it's just It's, it's, it's terrible But just a note It's a good company They just had a learning curve They got quality stuff. But anyway, back to the point. Water goes to the lowest point. (laughs) That's what I've always heard in construction, right? When you have a leak, especially like from the upstairs. And then uh, people are like, There's water coming out of my chandelier downstairs. It is leaking all over my $10,000 table. Water goes to the lowest point. You know, the bathroom can be, you know, like a couple rooms over. And if there's a big leak, the water is going to run down into the lowest point and pour out the chandelier all over Karen's beautiful $10,000 table while her dog barks and her husband's in the kitchen bitching. So, the type of water that Jesus is describing, the living water, will where we will never thirst ever again. Uh, I think about a statement that a man by the name of D.L. Moody said. He said that I need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit because I leak. And I think, is that contradictory to what Jesus is saying about his, about never thirsting again? Um, I don't think so. I think that's just up to us. Uh, Because when you thirst for alcohol, you're drinking something that is going to eventually your actions are going to leak out everywhere and you're going to run into places where you're not supposed to be. Water is not supposed to pour out of the chandelier in case you haven't guessed. People think that they're smart and people think that they know better. You ever heard someone say, well, I drive better when I'm drunk? I have heard that my entire life, especially back in the day when I was a kid. And, you know, people used to ride around in the car with an open beer like it was nothing. That's before they cracked down on that, by the way. Yes, life used to be that way. Uh, I think about Proverbs. Proverbs. Um, Proverbs 3, 7 and 8 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And remember when I said that uh, I had a walk with the Lord from about 2000 to 2005 and the only thing that I hung on to and I had a cluttered mind was because of alcohol and some stubborn stubbornness and stuff? Um, I never stopped drinking, man. I've, I've been drinking since I was 13, 14 years old. And this is the longest I have ever gone without one drop of alcohol. And to think about drinking, which does happen from time to time... I decide and I think that I'm not going to do it because I know that my thought process can lead to actions. And if I numb my thought process, then it can lead to other actions that I don't want to have in my life at all. Because I know if I take one sip of that alcohol... I'm going to go right back down the path that I am trying to run in the opposite direction from. A lot of us are just like that. But we just have to quit. I have people hit me up and ask me what can they do and I I send them maybe a link or two to this show or something else that I heard, but you can read it all day long, dude, and you can you can ponder on it. But if you don't act on it, then it's useless. You have to act on it. It all starts with the thought. So read things that are better. And then apply that, and then it will begin your process of thinking and how to move forward. This is a show about addicts and the what ifs, and it's all about your thoughts—the big what ifs. And I want to, I want to say what those are because ninety percent of the people that talk to me about trying to quit drinking or quit, you know, getting screwed up all the time. Ask these questions. What if I'm around other people that are drinking? What if I go out and there's alcohol there? What if I'm sitting on a camping trip and everyone's drinking but me? Am I going to be boring? What if I'm boring? What if I can't stand being around the people anymore that have been my best friends my entire life? What if I work in the alcohol industry? What if I go to church and those people are drinking alcohol? That's a big one. Listen, you know, you know What you have going on. You shouldn't have so many of those ifs, but you're going to, and it's normal. Take those ifs and write them down. Keep them in your, I don't, duct tape them to your face. I don't care. I'll probably, I'll probably be the only person that understands if I see you with a list of ifs duct taped to your face and I'll be like, hey, just good to see you and just walk away like it's normal. But listen, keep those ifs with you at all times. Write them on your heart. Keep them on your mind. Take your thoughts and turn them into action because you can stare your doubts right in the face. Doubts are a two letter word here and it's if all of your doubts they all turn into ifs when you're trying to kick an addiction do not be wise in your own eyes fear the lord and shun evil and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones If you're trying to seek God and beat your addiction, the fear of the Lord comes into play here, okay? Because you're in awe of God, like we've like we've gone over before. But the thing is, is that when you when you pursue God and you're casting aside your addictions and you're developing a prayer life, things are gonna begin to happen for you that you're going to start seeing the the openings and the gateways and the paths to take where you, it's very clear the direction that you need to keep going in because you're going to feel the presence and the spirit of the lord helping you out and this applies to with depression because depression isn't easy and i have it and i rarely have talked about it i'm not the type of person that posts all my problems online the people that do that r- are really annoying to me and i don't think it's beneficial you're only causing yourself more self destruction now you can say you can say what you're struggling with yes but people that are just putting you know the tmi folks that are just throwing all the stuff out there and oh uh-uh, man that ain't that's not healthy but i am a firm believer in the more faith that you have the less anxiety that you have the more anxiety that you have the less faith that you have because faith is the substance of things hoped for when you put your faith in god you you think about him you you pray to him you you acknowledge the fact that you are less and he is great and that yes you're weak and he is strong and he will deliver you the the other episode where i you know i we named all the people there and all of their you know just their flaws and their poor 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 characteristics and just just the wrongs that they did in their life. You know, Solomon, you know, it says don't commit adultery in the Bible, right? But Solomon had like what, like 96 wives or something like that? I don't know, but it was quite a substantial number and I can only imagine that all of those women telling him to take out the garbage at once had to suck. So when you're laying there at night and you're pondering things in your mind, let's say maybe you've cut a lot out of your life. And you're laying there in your thoughts. And then that, you're dealing with that. What do you do about that? Because that happens. It's like you're laying there thinking about all the fun that you used to have and how awesome it was to get screwed up. And you're trying to pursue wisdom and discernment and change your life. Because there's different levels. Every day is a different level, by the way, okay? It's not like, congratulations, you made it 150 days, and now you're in the Mile you know, High Club. No, every day that you don't pursue destructive ways of living is better than the last. Trust me. It says in Proverbs, My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety. And your foot will not stumble when you lie down you will not be afraid when you lie down your sleep will be sweet you will have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked for the lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared trusting in the lord trusting in him and seeing the way that you need to take and pursuing him, trust me, all of the things will crumble. And they will crumble before your feet. You're still gonna get slapped in the face from time to time with some hard decisions and some hard times in life. You know, when the last episode or the Easter thing where I said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That does not mean if you trust in God, he's gonna give you everything that you want. It just means that you have a protector and that if you ask for wisdom, he'll give you wisdom. If you ask for discernment, he'll give you discernment. He will give you more of himself so that you can live a life that is right. When you start living well and throwing the things away that were hindering you from moving forward, Ask yourself, who am I trying to please by living well in the things of God? Ask yourself that question. That is Galatians 1.10. Who am I trying to please by living well in the things of God? Are you trying to please yourself are you trying to please others because i'll guarantee you if that's the case you're going to fail you've got to throw yourself away and completely 100% believe in god and it will work like i said if you if you if you don't know how to do that Let's turn the page here in the thought process of how do I quit drinking to how do I actually access God, okay? Because this is important. The people who make the greatest impact in the world are the ones who have their eyes set on the next world, okay? That is a deep spiritual, that's a a swimming pool, a deep end in the swimming pool of spirituality, okay? Let's just go focus on the next life. Focus on this life and how to get to the next one because the only way if you believe in Christ is through Christ. And that's the living water. And when DL Moody said that I need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit because I leak, if we don't if we don't upkeep the house, it crumbles, right? Yeah, sometimes he'll he'll come in there and be like, "Hey, hey, snap out of it." And yeah, he does that because I'm a firm believer in, you know, like he won't leave you alone, dude. You know, I gave my heart to God years ago. And I always knew I was in error when I wasn't completely following him. I always knew it, man. There is is no denying whatsoever. So, in regards to thoughts, think about him. Talk to him. Pursue him. Ask him for wisdom. Thank him lay your life before him and tell him your frustrations pursue peace ask for peace if you don't know how to ask for peace and you're just beat up by too much anxiety and depression and or addiction Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Look that up. That's the life verse for this podcast. And just pray that over yourself. Ask him for those things. Because in the Bible, it says that if you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's like Proverbs 1, man. And the fear of the Lord is just so beautiful because he is absolutely real and absolutely amazing. And he will come in and clean house. To some, it takes longer than others. There's a scene in the chosen where I think Jesus called, there's two Jameses, and he he calls one Little James. And Little James clearly has a disability, walks with a cane, his legs are bowed, uh, but he's a disciple, and he's going around healing people. And he asks Jesus, how come I can go around and heal people, but you haven't healed me? And Jesus just looks at him in the middle of this just heavy, heavy, heavy discussion and just says how powerful it is that you haven't been healed physically, but you've been changed on the inside and your faith is just leaps and bounds and grows and brings eternal impact to others and heals them. That is something I just try to wrap my head around and I don't understand it totally, but I just see the beauty and I am joyful because I struggle with addictions. I struggle with depression. I have very high anxiety. Ask anybody that knows me how I use humor as a coping mechanism. I think that's one of the reasons why I can stand on stage with a microphone and tell the whole crowd how I actually feel about them and not care. And not care. (sighs) No one's perfect. But seeking the perfect one is pretty awesome. And it is very beneficial and life-changing and beautiful. I love this. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn from the right to the left. Keep your foot from evil. When you lay there at night, when you're going about your day, think about him. Keep your eyes on the prize, as they say. But that quote I, I said earlier, that's C.S. Lewis. Gotta give credit where credit is due here. Where it says the people who make the greatest impact on the world are the ones that have their eyes set on the next one. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you delight yourself in God, he's gonna move in and he's gonna fill your life with so much joy that you're gonna have no choice But to keep pursuing him and you're gonna see that it actually really really works and you're going to be healed and you're going to understand that there's nothing better that there is nothing better than being loved on by the one that created you and then you got to turn around like the woman at the well dude when you receive the water And you got to go tell everyone about it. It's like she almost dropped everything that she had once she just believed and went back to the town and told everybody, this is the man that told me everything that I've ever done. She believed and it was so simple. And it made such a massive difference in not only her life, but a whole lot of other people as well. Do that, would you? Just believe and go make a difference. Be better for yourself. You guys take care. And until next time, peace be with you.